What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Red Devil Roundup, episode 29. Uh, same season, still going. Again, another game, couple of games have been played since my last one, and I've been a little bit inconsistent lately due to a number of things in between work, Christmas break, New Year's, getting COVID, United's current situation, the way they're playing, and I guess what to be taking, putting these episodes. It's just been a whole multitude of different things that are kind of going on at the moment, so I have been a little bit inconsistent, for which I apologize. And again, uh, give it a couple of weeks and I should be back into it full throttle, especially once the Premier League really gets up and going again. Because uh, after the Wolves game, which was what, five days ago now, uh, no, probably, yeah, five days ago, um, United uh, have had a few days off. They've got a fake up tomorrow and then Premier League on the following weekend. So after that, I'm going to get back into it, get a kind of regular routine going um, and continue on with that. But look, a lot to cover in today's episode, like a lot. Uh games, look, yeah, we'll discuss here and there. Still not a huge amount to take from them. I guess mainly negatives, predominantly negatives. Um, And then most of the thing I want to talk about is just, I guess, the issues coming out of the club every single day. You load up Twitter, you look at social media, look at the news outlets or the media outlets, and there's just so much different stuff coming out of the club. Um, Players leaking information, allegedly. Um, Players not, you know, supporting the manager, um, infighting within the club. Uh, Yeah, and a lot to kind of divulge, discuss and look at. So I'm going to get onto that mostly. Because uh, it's just, I guess, affecting the club so, so much um, and it shows in the performances. But look, yeah, so today's doubleheader episode with the games. And once again, do not forget to get in touch and follow us on our social media pages, which is Red Devil Round. Uh, sorry, twitter.com forward slash Red Devil Roundup, Instagram.com forward slash Red Devil Roundup. You know the drill. First game was, look, United v Burnley, it's probably a week and a half ago. Decent win. Scott McTominay put in his yearly Zinedine Zidane S performance and he was phenomenal. Um, also an own goal, but I guess it was more or less created by Jaden Sancho and CR7 got on the score sheet. It was a good performance. It was definitely an improved performance from the draw against Newcastle. Um, but at the end of the day, it was still, it still left a bit to be desired. I mean, if we've been playing well, winning lots of games and then we put out a performance like that, I'd be like, yeah, it's all right. You know, like we're on the right track, but it's like, it was a step in the right direction, but I now I wouldn't make much from it because yes, it was improved. Yes, we with a better side and got a pretty comfortable win. But I mean, we clearly didn't, we're clearly not taking the steps in the right direction or it's not really, you know, projecting us onto where we need to be because we followed up by losing to Wolves in the following game. And I guess there's a lot more to take from that, which I think is more accurate of where the club is at as opposed to the win against Burnley. Um, If either one of those results was not against the run of play, but I guess something that came as somewhat of a surprise based on how we're playing and how the club is, I'd say it's actually the win, not the loss to Wolves. It was Randnick's first loss at Manchester United, and we were pretty poor across the park. Uh, yeah, I think in just about every element of United's game, we were really, really underwhelming. We weren't good to watch. We didn't dominate. Wolves were definitely the better side. Um, and in terms of takeaways from the game itself, I mean, we couldn't complete the basics. I could not tell you how many times I watched a United player give away simple possession, miss an easy pass, perfect chance for a counterattack, and they've just, you know hit it too far, hit it too short, not played it to the player's back foot or their front foot or, you know, where a player needs to be receiving it so they can either run at an opponent or have a shot towards goal or try and create an opportunity. It was just a lot of basics were missing. And when you look at things like that, that's not a coaching issue. That's not an issue for Rolf Ranjik to be finishing. When you're players that are in their early, mid, late 20s, their 30s, and you can't do the very, very basics, I'm not talking about basics when it comes to working cohesively, when it's like, oh, someone should have made that run because, you know, that's how you would probably be more likely to create an opportunity or something like that, as opposed to just a simple three-yard pass, not hitting target. That's not a coaching issue. That's discipline. That's the player's mentality, and it's where they're at, and it clearly shows laziness or just, 
I don't know, a complete and utter disregard for what they're doing. Because, um, I mean, I've played Sunday League for the last five years of my life and you do not see passes like that as much as you did in that United game against Wolves. Just simple mistakes, stupid mistakes. And the thing is, no accountability for the mistakes that you see as well. Like, there's no one out there that is grabbing players by the scruff of the neck and kind of, you know, giving them the bollocking that they not need but deserve. Um, you know, plays Miss Parsons. Oh, you know, Harry Maguire coming out of after after every coming out after every game and speaking to the media. Oh, I know it's not good enough, but you know we need to improve. All it takes is a couple of good results and we're back on the right track. You know, we'll build off this. We'll get better. Man, you've been saying that for how long now? You say that after every single game. Actions speak louder than words. I actually like. I don't care what you say. You are Manchester United's captain, and when you come out and speak, it's just white noise because I could not care less because you just. You're, you're genuinely talking out of your ass. You, I'm sorry. It is so forged to try and get the right reaction and be all, you know, social media PR appropriate for the club. You know, we're not happy with the result, but we're looking to build on it. It's a lie. Stop telling white lies. If you, you, like, you sit here and say that every single game, but as soon as you do, the next game, you back it up with a 2 out of 10 performance. It's true. You come back out the next game and you are terrible. You are so average. You are so poor and you do not lead. You neither play well, nor do you lead. And you certainly don't lead by example. So... I'm sick of hearing the excuses and I'm sick of seeing it because at the end of the day, it's not good enough and you are one of the massive problems at the moment. You as a captain and also as a footballer. I think long-term, Harry Maguire, the Premier League footballer, isn't an issue for Manchester United. But as long as he wears that armband, we're going to be in trouble. So I think that needs to be stripped ASAP. Initially, I said it, he does need to be changed, but maybe after Randy has been in charge and we've got a new manager who's going to be a long-term solution. But at this point, I could not care less. I think if I was Randy, I'd be giving it to somebody else. And look, I'll talk about who a bit later, but just I'm sorry, just the basics and this player... He's doing my head in. And he didn't even play that game. That's the worst thing. It was literally Varane and Jones. But I'm just sick of, after every time we drop points or play poorly, I'm sick of seeing all the things in the media. And even after the buddy, the news that's been coming out with the players that have been leaking information to the media, he comes out again and says, oh, you know, we're not, we're aware that it's not good enough. And, you know, these aren't true. There aren't problems in the dressing room. We're trying to sort them. Bullshit. I'm sorry. That's just a lie. Like, stop talking. I'm sick of it. But anyway, sorry. Onto the game, which I was meant to be talking about before I got sidetracked because I'm, this club pisses me off, man. Um, couldn't do the basics. So many players underperformed. There were two players against Wolves that I would look at and say, you can hold your head high as to how you played. And that is Phil Jones and David De Gea. Phil Jones, I'm sure all of you know, but for those of you that didn't, he has not played a game for United for just on the cusp of two years. It was like 716 days. So he's just under a month drive, two years since he played a game for United. He was our best player on the pitch by a mile. And at the end of the day, it's not coming down to technical ability or being a better player or being more prepared. He was hungry. The only difference between Phil Jones and every other Manchester United player against Wolves is that he was hungry and he wanted. He had a point to prove. You could tell. You could tell that Phil Jones had a point to prove that game. He was aggressive. He was hungry. He was winning his challenges. He was winning challenges in the air. He won his battles. He won his duels. He hit targets. His passes. He played forward passes. At the end of the day, look, he's no Franz Beckenbauer who's going to be, you know, hitting 45-yard balls cross-pitch, you know, creating chances and stuff. But it's like, at the end of the day, when he got that ball, he drove it forward when he had the time and he looked to hit forward passes. And more often than not, a lot more often than not, compared to what I've seen this season, he was hitting feet. He was hitting targets. And I mean, I personally noticed it. And as far as I can tell, a lot of other fans did. I was very impressed with Phil Jones. And the thing is, this is a guy that gets memed a lot. And I understand he has the facial expressions and, you know, like the head of challenge against Arsenal, which might I add was a brilliant piece of defending, although obviously somewhat unorthodox. I want to see him playing every single minute until these other players prove their point. I want to see Phil Jones starting against Villa in the FA Cup this week. I want to see him starting against them in the weekend. I want to see him start the following game after that until Harry Maguire can prove a point that he is actually up for the challenge. I do not want to see him getting near that lineup because Phil Jones was given opportunity and in my opinion, he took it. Raphael Varane, 
I wasn't disappointed with him prior, but the more I think about it, a bit more I am just because I'd said he'd been out for a month. You know, he kind of needed to ease into the team, but it's like Phil Jones has been out for two years and he's put in one of the best centre-back performances I've seen from United play this season. So I don't think there's any excuse at all for any of these players. Obviously, I want to see more of Varane. And I guess one other player who was out with COVID, so I'm not really, wouldn't criticize him, is Victor Lindelof. And I think he's been really, really good this season. In my opinion, he's been consistent, he's been good, and he's a great ball player. Um, If we played a three at the back, I would be happy to see a rotation of either Varane, Lindelof, Bailly, and Phil Jones. I don't want to see. Harry Maguire, for me, is literally fifth in the pecking order for our center backs. Uh, He should not be playing at all. So the fact that he's actually... Not only a Manchester United player, not only a Manchester United player that costs 80 mil, but our captain is beyond me. So, look, credit where it's due to Phil Jones. Brilliant performance. David De Gea again, solid. Couple really big saves. Conceded a goal, but I guess not much you can do about it. But those two, brilliant again. And I want to see a lot more Phil Jones going forward because he deserves the opportunity. If you're not going to sell him, play him because he's clearly good enough based on the talent we have in our club at the moment. Um, and not to mention on top of that, you could see what it meant to Phil Jones and you can just tell that's a player that not only not only had a point to prove for himself, but a player that understands what it means to play for this club. He's one of the few players that played under Sir Alex Ferguson that still uh, remain. Um, and there are two things I want to talk about, one pre-game and one post-game. Pre-game, there was a photo that was doing the rounds on social media. Um, and I'll actually probably share that with the Instagram post for this episode when I share it a bit later today. But there was a photo of him and every other player United walking out into the pitch pre-game. And he, was, he looked hyped, he looked focused, he looked hungry. He was doing that kind of, you know, quick jog and that jump you do pregame. And he looked so focused and so ready to play. Every other player around him was a mixture of depressed, uh, uninterested, and just completely, yeah, just displaying absolutely no emotion or no kind of drive or hunger for that game. They couldn't care less. They looked like someone that was rocking up to a shift at KFC after a bender. Like, it was just mind-boggling. If I was some like, and maybe this is something because obviously I've never played for United, so I personally don't understand, but... It is a dream of so many aspiring young players. And it's like, for me, I feel like that is something that would not wear off, especially for a lot of the players like Gre- Greenwood, for example. Great player, great talent. I love the kid. But his body language, again, just suggested he wasn't interested and he wasn't up for it. And maybe he's unhappy with his opportunities or being played out wide to make room for Ronaldo or, you know, issues with players in the dressing room, which has been talked about. But, man, if I was his age, what, 20 years old, and I don't think, you know, I only made my break a couple of three years ago. I would still be looking very hungry, very interested, and be grateful for the opportunity that you have to play for this club. Because the only one there that understood that was Phil Jones. And he's a player that's caught more stick from uh, the United fans than a lot of these players, even though he probably doesn't deserve it because he's just been out. As opposed to a lot of these players that play quite frequently and don't deserve a lot of the commendation that they get. So a lot of improvements required from this squad, from this club. Those are the only positives in Phil Jones that I can take. And sorry, him again. Also, when he walked off the pitch, United fans are cheering his name and he was in tears. He was genuinely in tears as he walked off the pitch. And at the end of the day, that is a passion that money can't buy, uh, clearly, because we paid 80 mil for a play that couldn't care less. So I think, I just think he deserves to play. And I think if I was Rolf Ranić picking the players going forward at this point, I would look at players who want to play for me and want to play for this club. Because... And I guess moving on to our next kind of segment, has that for a segue? There are rumors and there are rumors coming out that players aren't happy with Ralph Ranić, they're unhappy with this, they're unhappy with that, they're unsettled. I don't care. I do not care. I'm sorry. These are players that threw Jose Mourinho under the bus, and we stood by the players, not the manager. And I understand Mourinho can be toxic, and, you know, for example, the Luke Shaw debacle probably didn't help him, but he is one of the greatest managers of all time. It's undisputable. And as to whether we had peaked Mourinho or someone that was kind of on the way out is not the point. So they stood by him. Uh, the, sorry, they stood by the players and he got thrown under the bus and he got sacked. Oli replaced him. 
Oli lost it a while. And I think, look, I don't think he was as cutthroat as maybe he needed to be. He was a good guy, you know, had a good relationship with the players and he seems a nice bloke. And at the time it worked because the players were quite, it was probably a much needed change under the Mourinho dressing room. But at the end of the day, two, three, three years later now, United start underperforming with a good team and a high budget and Ollie's not good enough. And that includes me. I'm not going to act like I was, you know, Ollie in this whole time and I said this was coming. I was the same with Mourinho. I was the same with Ollie. And I thought we needed a change. And the end day, we did need a change. And I personally believed it was a manager. I was all in for quite a while, but then it was just this season, you know, the last month or two when it really kind of became so dire that I was like, we can't continue on like this. And we've got we've got another manager who, again, is a great... Who's, look, statistically, in terms of his accolades, no, he's not the greatest manager of all time. He's not a Pep Guardiola. He's not a Sir Alex Ferguson. But... He has done great th- great things with mediocre teams or average teams or just decent teams like Schalke. He's done very well. Champions League semi- semi-final, qualifying for Europe for a team that's now been relegated. Uh, and I think tactically, technically, he's developed a lot of young coaches, the likes of Klopp and the Tuchel, into becoming world beaters. And I think at the end of the day, this is a guy for an interim who is happy with a consultancy role because I think his experience is something that we will need within this club to help develop the club going forward. Uh I refuse to see him get thrown under the bus like the other two managers, like he's already starting to happen. Players not happy with, you know, and I can't believe this is actually, I can quote this because this isn't even just a, a rumor. Players were unhappy with um, Ralph Ranick's late training schedule because they were finishing after five and had to drive home in the dark. You are on 300,000 pounds a week, a lot of you. 300,000, 200,000, 100,000. I don't care what you want. I don't care what you need. I don't care about your stupid sleep schedule or your plans or what you plan on doing. This is an experienced manager who has a plan and is trying to work on it. If you don't like it, fuck off. Go somewhere else. I'm sorry. There is no way you belong in this club if you're afraid of working past five. The stock standard job for any adult human being in a developed country in the modern day is nine till five. You're not even working nine till five. You're working a half day. You what? Rock up the training ground maybe around 12-ish. You know, rock up in your... um, Sorry, in your luxury car, get into the training facilities, have a bite to eat with the players because you got a canteen, all foods paid for and provided for you. Uh, you know, get changed, do a bit of recovery, a bit of physio, gym session, then head out for a three-hour training session. Every now and again, maybe you'll work a full day because you'll have a second training session, but you also have nice days off as well. Do not complain that you had to go home in the dark. I do not care if you are... I don't care if you're afraid of the dark and I don't care what your what your argument is as to why you have to be home before five or finishing before five. If that manager wants you staying late or wants you working or wants you working till five so you can get your job done, get things in place, understand the tactics and work harder for this club and get results, you do it. That is the very least that you can do to support this club. Forget about the manager, forget about everyone else, the fans, the people involved, the employees, not just the management, the employees because there are so many people that are intertwined in this club. You rock up and you will do your job until the manager just says you can leave because I'm fed up with these performance and if these players actually cared about this club they would do it because look it has become clear as day and the fans are turning on the players not the manager anymore because it's just the same old story um people are fed up I'm fed up uh if you're not willing to play for this manager like or people saying you know turning on the manager because he wants them to work later and you know it's a very aggressive high pressing style of football if you don't like it go play somewhere else you can go to Barcelona, by all means, go to a club like Barcelona, which are currently in the mud. And look, I know Xavi introduced his 
tough regime and stuff. But as far as I can tell, they're dropping points left, right, and center, and these players are not playing for anyone. Go somewhere else. Go to the championship. Go to Newcastle, a team that's fighting relegation, but the most expensive club in the world. By all means, go there, earn the same amount of money, and get relegated. But at the end of the day, if you want to play for Manchester United, a club with this level of prestige, you need to rock up, and you need to work hard. You need to work very fucking hard, because I am just sick to death of hearing these prima donnas complaining. You are the problem. Each and every one of you. The players are the problem, and there are very few who I will stand by and not throw under the bus or, you know, not try and criticize based on what we're currently seeing. Every single player right now should have their neck on the line. Their job should be on the line. I do not care. Every single one of them is currently on performance review in my eyes. I understand Randy probably won't make a huge, won't make a huge number of changes in terms of ins and outs because he's not going to be the long-term manager. But I swear to God, if there are any players that sit there and say, I don't want to leave this club because there were 17 players that allegedly came out this week and said they don't want to play for United, go. There is more than enough academy and under-23 players who can take your sport. And I would happily see them work their asses off for 90 minutes to prove a point, to make it as a senior player at Manchester United than these premier owners that have had careers that are good and now writing off their names and underperformances. The fans are sick of it. I'm sick of it. And I sure as hell hope the management is sick of it. Um, they all need to be held accountable. Maguire, no longer captain. Period. I want to, I, he, should be stripped, he should have been stripped of the armband yesterday. Not now, not tomorrow. Yesterday. He needs to be done with. High standards have to be introduced going forward. How do we do that? Well, I mean, you've got to look at the players that are going to, I guess, put high standards on their teammates and kind of demand that. Harry Maguire, Wan-Bissaka, and apparently Luke Shaw were unhappy with Ronaldo's mentality and the way he talked about him and the way he made them feel inferior because they weren't good enough. If you're not good enough, get better. Work harder. Because at the end of the day... He may have high standards or expectations of you, but so do the fans. You think everyone, you think every single United fan, the millions watching you across the world at the moment, are sitting there thinking, well, oh, Ronaldo's a bit mean. Oh, I wasn't very nice what he said to Maguire and Wambasaka. I look at social media and I look at the outlets and I look at social, you know, and everything that I see, it's not Ronaldo's mean. Oh, I wish Ronaldo wasn't as harsh as Maguire. Maguire and Wambasaka, those sorts of players need to pull their finger out of their ass and start working hard. Be hungry. Because at the end of the day, Maguire says, we need to improve. And I've said this before, but at the end of the day, your performances do not suggest that. You say you want to improve, but you do absolutely nothing to help the cause. You're not a leader. You're not encouraging anyone else to improve either. If I was your teammate and saw the way you behaved and played out in that pitch every single week, I wouldn't feel remotely motivated. It is no wonder this club is currently in the mud. And look, it's not completely his fault because at the end of the day, someone had to give him the armband. And also there are other players out there that should be able to do their job a lot better than that. But people saying Ronaldo is a problem, you're wrong. I'm sorry. This is a player that's won everything. This is a player that played for this club when it was at the peak of its powers in the modern day. We were, he was part of a team that won the Champions League and the Premier League in a season. He won the Champions League with Manchester United. In that same season, he won the Ballon d'Or and scored 42 goals in all competitions, including 31 in the Premier League. In the same process, the two years prior... Oh, sorry, sorry, the one year before and the one year after, he won uh, three Premier Leagues on the bounce. Anyone that says that this guy is part of the problem is wrong. You saw it in the Champions League this season and you've seen it at times in the Premier League. He has saved us on many occasions. I understand he's not going to be the hardest working defensive player, but at the end of the day, he's probably the greatest player of all time. And he is trying to encourage higher expectations from all the players, oh, sorry, across all the players that we have at this club. That should never be a problem. Anyone that expects more of their teammates should not be vilified for it. A player with his standards and his expectations should be rewarded. And at the end of the day, we need to see change in the leadership of this club. Bruno is hungry. You can tell he works hard. Ronaldo is hungry. You can tell. And it shows in his performances because he leads by example. Champions League, he clutched up more times than I could count, saving his points. If he wasn't playing at Manchester United and we had the same lineup and played the same way with someone else, we probably wouldn't have knocked out, uh, qualified for the knockout stage in one of the easier groups that you would see in the Champions League this season. What do I want to see or what do I need to see? 
Maguire stripped of captaincy. Who I'd like to see as captain? I don't think Ronaldo because I don't think he's a long-term... He's going to be here long-term. He signed a two-year contract with a potential of a one-year extension on that. I think he'll stay for maybe two seasons. Um, and then I think he'll go. I'd love to see him as part of like a leadership group, but I don't think he should be captain. Bruno potentially one day will be captain, and I think he is what it takes to be captain, but I don't think he's ready for the armband just yet. Uh, he's a great player, works hard, but at the end of the day, he has a lot of flaws, and I think the armband does come with a lot of responsibility, and I think he should focus on his game more so than trying to lead the rest of the players. And I understand he can lead by example, and he can still lead by not being captain, but I think the pressure that comes with that is not something that I would thrust upon him just yet. And if it was up to me, I would give the armband to David De Gea. Rio Ferdinand said the same thing last week, and I completely agree. He's a player that played in every United side for the last, what, 10 years now? More, 11. I think he's been with the club for about 11 years. He's won a Premier League. He played under Sir Alex Ferguson. And Sir Alex Ferguson, in his time of charge of Manchester United, I believe missed, it was either two or three games when he was in charge. The first one was the birth of his son. The second one was when he went to Spain to to scout David De Gea because he said, this is a special talent. So, yes, he's a phenomenal player. Sir Alex Ferguson rated him. And yeah, he had a slow start to his career and he came good. In say 20, probably 13, 14, he really hit the ground running. And it's when he started to get more confident. And it was simultaneously, I'm not sure if it's correlated, when the team started underperforming. When David Moyes took over, Louis Van Gaal and Jose Mourinho. When the team started performing a bit less uh, and not getting, you know, competing for those titles at the very top, he was our guess, our one shining light at the back. He was a diamond in the rough. And watching him every single week filled me with so much joy because I'm, if you sit there and look up, if you just go on YouTube and look up David De Gea compilation, you will see things that I would not think are humanly possible. The guy is basically Spider-Man. So, for me, a player that I spent the last 10 years watching for Manchester United, from about 2013 to about 2018, so about five years, he was the best goalkeeper in the world. Undisputed. I would not have anyone question that he was the best goalkeeper over that five-year period. He had a bit of a slump come 2018, and then for a couple of years, he was pretty poor, and that's where the pressure came. Um, on him and you could tell he was clearly struggling mentally when he was playing and his performances and then we had Dean Henderson last season who put the pressure on and they probably had about by the time the season finished a 50-50 split um, between the two of them and also he had that performance in the Europa League final which was disappointing when he couldn't save a penalty and then missed the last one he came back this season in pre-season early he cut his holiday short and says he was disappointed with how it finished he wants to get himself back in a top form and be ready for, the se- for when the season starts he has been our man of the match on probably more than half the games I've watched this season. And I've watched every single game this season. Every game he's played in, I would say he's been brilliant. Every single game, he's been good. No questions asked. There's not a single game where I would look at him and say, meh, underwhelming, average, not good enough. He's been brilliant in every single game. He came back for an early preseason and showed that he actually cares about his performances. He cares about this club and it is showing week in, week out. He has been through the absolute shit like so many other Manchester United players in previous years and he has come out the other side. There was the transfer debacle with Real Madrid. It didn't happen and it didn't eventuate and he ended up staying. And now he looks like he's happy to stay here and he's ready to stay here. I, for one, want to see him stay and I want to see him as captain because at the end of the day, he's been through a lot as a Manchester United player and at the end of the day as well, there was that five-year period when he was the best player in the world was when he was probably, sorry, best keeper in the world and Manchester United's best player. He was at... (sighs) He stood very little chance at winning anything other than Mourinho's first season or two. Um, he was playing in a team that weren't competing for titles. The football was boring. 
And he stuck it out, even though there were so many other teams that would have picked him up, especially Real Madrid, who at the time, or always have been, but really were a powerhouse. So I think a player like that needs to be rewarded because he's come back early, he's worked so hard, and he's playing so well. He's confident. All, and the thing is as well, I guess, the difference between him as well is that all the players seem to respect David De Gea. Apparently, Ronaldo's got issues with people, which could, I guess could lead to a potential dressing room divide. Bruno Fernandes, somewhat the same. Uh... David De Gea, I think everyone respects him. The players seem to respect him. The fans respect him. Managers respect him. He's experienced. He's playing brilliantly. And at the end of the day, I think he has what it takes to focus on his own game as well as leading from the back. Uh, and I think if I was a team, or if I was a player, sorry, like Ronaldo or Bruno Fernandes or, you know, big worldie that's got a big head on their shoulders, maybe a Rashford or someone like that as well, or even Greenwood, maybe if someone like Bruno Fernandes or Maguire or Ronaldo is giving you instructions, you're less likely to pay attention or you'll just kind of, you know, brush it off, uh, especially Maguire, which clearly seems to be happening now. I think the players would listen to De Gea and I think they would respect him. And at the end of the day, the good thing about a player like De Gea, who is phenomenal at what he does, is if the team's underperforming or say, maybe he doesn't show enough leadership, you know, direct leadership, yelling at players, trying to get the best out of them, his performances alone should motivate you. Because I watch this guy pulling off world-class saves every single game and it makes me want to run through a brick wall. Genuinely, it motivates me because you see someone like that and it's like everyone should be like that in their day-to-day life. Most importantly, these Manchester United players that play alongside him. So at the end of the day, if he's not perhaps leading traditionally by, you know, putting in a two-footed challenge or this, that, or the other, at the end of the day, if he's doing his job as well as he has this season, that is leading by example. There's there's just so many things that I could say right now and I may or may not, but look, it's just, there's just so much noise coming out of this dressing room that it's very hard not to kind of discuss What's going to happen going... What will happen going forward? I don't know. We've got a game tomorrow in the FA Cup, then a Premier League game on the weekend. And I am just so torn as to what Ranić's going to do here. Because I think he's aware a lot of the players are kind of divided and they're clearly not playing for him. And I think he's going to try and find his best manner in which to get this team to play and to obviously protect himself, uh, which is completely understandable. The good thing about him is that I think he seems a lot more cutthroat in the media. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was thrown under the bus by those players, many of whom, not all, he gave so much to in terms of their career, in terms of opportunities to grow, in terms of benefiting. And they threw him under the bus with their performances and I think he didn't deserve it. And never, not once did he mention a player or try and, you know, I guess, throw a player under the bus in the media the same way. Perhaps Mourinho did with Luke Shaw. Mourinho with Luke Shaw said he's never going to play for the first team. He's not good enough. He doesn't play for the badge. Yada, yada, yada. Ollie didn't do that once. Every single player, whether he had problems with them behind closed doors or whether he gave them a bollocking, you know, on the training ground, when it came to the media, he always protected his players. And I think that is something that they should have been far more grateful for because they took full advantage of the fact that he did. Ralph Ranić doesn't have that same mentality and doesn't have that same sort of demeanor in the press conferences. So I think if there are players that are going to be lazy entitled then I think he's more likely to cut them and he'll tell you why in the press conference and I think that is good I think there needs to be a level of accountability for these players because they have been so sheltered and so protected that they've become so complacent to the point where they think they can get away with anything and at the end of the day Manchester United fans are Manchester United fans they're not Martial fans they're not Maguire fans they're not Shaw fans they're not Henderson fans they're not Fred fans they're not Tellers fans they're not Ronaldo Bruno Cavani They're Manchester United fans, and the priority is, will, and always should be the club. Not any individual. It's the club, um, the longevity of the club, and the success of that club taking strides in the right direction to get to where it needs to be. So, I'm sorry. There is no sympathy for any of these players for me. If you want to leave, you're more than welcome to go. And I think that you should, if you're a player that thinks you're above this club. 
without doubt. So, yeah, I think, look, I've pretty much said it. Uh, Mark Goldbridge uh, also made a comment, which I saw today and I completely agree with. Is talking about the Busby Babes when there was a plane crash in 58. Uh, players died, a number of players died. Manager was in a life or death situation. And in 68, they went on to win the Champions League with Matt Busby at the helm. Um, they obviously rebuilt. Certain players survived the crash, like Bobby Charlton. Um, and they obviously had the Holy Trinity, uh, Best Charlton and Dennis Law up front when they won the Champions League 10 years later. If this club, at one stage in their careers, could rebuild from a plane crash, which killed, I believe, seven, eight players and I think 14 others, including members of staff, to go on to win the Champions League 10 years later, there is no excuse for anyone at this club right now. These players are being paid so, so, so much money, living such a good lifestyle, living the dream that so many of us would have loved to have had and that just taking complete and utter advantage of it and they think they're going to get away with it because they've gotten away with it before. Not the case. There is no sympathy from me. When there is a Manchester United team that survived a fucking plane crash and came back to win the Champions League, I'm not going to... I'm sorry. I do not want to hear your complaints about training past 5 p.m. I don't want to hear your complaints about having to gag and press because it's exhausting. I don't want to hear your complaints about a divide in the dressing room. I don't want to hear your complaints about not being able to lead because, you know, the team's not playing well and, you know, we need to hit form. No complaining. Put your head down, shut up, and do your job each and every one of you, because it is beyond ridiculous how this club has gotten to this point in this stage in the time. We have the most valuable squad in the Premier League because Man City have sold Ferran Torres. We are worth 801 million pounds and they're worth 800 million pounds. Yeah, 1 million pounds less, but at the end of the day, they are light years ahead of us. They've won four out of the last five Premier Leagues. They're going to win this one, that's for sure. Uh, it's just, they're genuinely inevitable. They're unstoppable at this point and their team is technically worth less than ours, which is so embarrassing. So each and every one of these players, get your shit together Whatever it takes, whether you have a bonding session or an intervention or you start working closely with the manager or you work on your sleeping schedule so you can stay up past 5 p.m. because it's a bit late, get it together, start performing, start working hard and start winning games. The fans deserve it. The manager deserves it. The club deserves it. Each and every one of those employees deserves it. And I'm pretty sure the social media admins certainly deserve it because these poor people are posting every single day, getting an absolutely, absolute bollocking from all the fans. At the end of the day, I'm afraid social media admin doesn't have any uh, input on the transfers. So you owe it to the entire club and everyone that's helped give you this career to start working hard and start getting results because I'm fed up with watching these games every single week, staying up late at night, getting up early in the morning, having a split sleep because you're watching a game at three o'clock in the morning, going to bed for a few hours, watching the game, going to bed for a few more hours before work. I'm fed up with doing this and watching half-hearted performances when the issues cannot be blamed on a manager. You can't sit there and throw Ralph Randick under the bus because you forgot how to pass three yards. That's on each and every one of you. FA Cup versus Villa tomorrow. How do I think it's going to go? I don't know. What I think the lineup's going to be, I also don't know. Why? Because I could not tell you what team we're going to play. I couldn't tell you how the players are going to perform. I couldn't tell you if they're going to learn. Expectation? Probably going to lose. Why? Because all we seem to do is drop points at the moment in really, really stupid games. Reality, maybe they'll turn it around because of all the pressure that's come through. But I'm not 100% sure. Realistically, I think we're going to play a lineup that's going to be a bit less traditional. If he drops some plays for some under-23s, good. If he plays Phil Jones, good. So, yeah, we'll see. I don't know the lineup. I could not tell you less. I'm sure he'll play a few rotations, maybe not a huge amount, though, because he said there wouldn't be massive changes. Maybe the likes of Tallers and Dallow and Dean Henderson or something. I don't know. Do I think we're going to win? No. I have no confidence in these players at the moment. I have absolutely zero confidence in these players. If we were versing Norwich again and I was doing a prediction, I would say we would lose because that is just how bad we are. Get it together. I swear to God, this... Oh, 
I'm going to, this team is going to kill me. And not to mention, man, I don't even look forward to watching this anymore. I woke up for the Wolves game the other day and I was just like, Ugh. I usually, even when I'm underperforming under, you know, uh, David Moyes, Louis van Gaal, Mourinho, I always look forward to watching Manchester United. And at the moment, I just don't. I've fallen so out of love with these players. I could not care less about them. I feel like I just have no sentiment or attachment to them whatsoever. So look, I'm not the only one saying this. There's a lot of it going around at the moment. And I hope as much of it as possible can hit home to these players because they need to learn a lesson and they need to get their shit together because yeah, they are really, they're just dragging their own names down the mud at this point. Not the club, just themselves. They are, yeah, doing themselves a dirty, uh, the manager and as well as the club. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I can say. I'm fed up and those players need to pull their head in. So that's all from me today. Again, I'll be up tomorrow watching the game and I hope to God we win, but I'm just not confident. I'll be watching the league game as well over the weekend. I will definitely be posting more going forward as more comes out about this. So yeah, that's all from me today. Thank you so much for listening, guys. I'm out.